welcome to the Present Age Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Malloy. Last week, I interviewed my friend and former coworker, Francesca Ramsey, about her success in the world of TV. And this week, I've got another friend and former coworker on tap. Eddie Geller and I worked together at Upworthy back in 2015, and now he's running for Congress in Florida's 15th Congressional District. Last month, he announced his plan to run in the form of a Full House-style sitcom jingle, and has since raised more than $100,000. Let's get started. Hey, Eddie. How's it going? Hey, thank you for having me. It's going pretty well. Well, that's that's good. That's good. It's always good to hear. Um, so you're running for Congress? I am running for Congress in the 15th District of Florida. Um I know it's when you say it, it's uh, it sounds so serious. And, I like to I add, mean, it, add, just add the question mark at the very end. Congress, co- Congress. Co- yes, Congress? I mean I'm I'm a big believer that good people got to run for office. So it's uh, it's something I've been thinking about for a while, and it really it was like January sixth. It just it was so appalling, and uh, just felt like all right, you know, if I've been thinking about doing this, and you know. Uh, Republicans don't seem to be able to find the bottom. And so I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. All right. Well, that, I mean, seems like as good a reason as any. Thank uh, you. You know, it would have been, it would have been a little strange if you were like, well, January 6th settled it because I really want to know what it's like to be under siege. <laughs> <laughs> that just looked like a lot of fun. That and looked I so just- fun. Thought if I could get in there. No, I just, I wanted to send people endless fundraising emails. That was really the, yeah. that was truly the impetus. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing I think that you and I have in common. I mean, you send, you ask people for money for your campaign. Mm-hmm. I ask people for money for my newsletter. It all works out. Um, it's true. And both of us are not, ha- do not have as much money as we would like to have. So... <laughs> Uh, yes, fair enough to say. Um, I, this, uh, you know, my campaign account is is very different than my bank account. It, yeah. Uh, so, one thing I'm curious about: uh, how did how did Chuck E. Cheese prepare you <laughs> to be a member of Congress? That is actually, you know, it's that sounds like a silly question, but it is actually to me, it is very real. So I. When I first started working at Chuck E. Cheese, I was a 15-year-old young man looking looking for uh, guidance, looking for a life. And of course, the big mouse uh, came a-calling. Um, and when I – the thing about Chuck E. Cheese, and I talk about this with, with some folks, is my boss at Chuck E. Cheese, this, this guy named Jeff, um, I'm still good friends with today, Jeff sort of took me under his wing and he actually – he introduced me to punk rock. Because uh, I was listening to, I was playing a lot of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and was very into Papa Roach at the time. And he heard, <laughs> don't laugh. It hurts when you laugh. Um, right no, there, he, that disqualifies you. <laughs> that's, that's the part you can't use. That is the true oppo. Um, no, he he heard me listening to Papa Roach and he's like, Eddie, we got to fix this. And he made me a mix CD. I remember Alkaline Trio, Saves the Day, Jawbreaker, Jets of Brazil were on it. And so, I mean, punk rock and music is such a huge part of my life. But I think what really, what I really still hold on to, I mean, I still love those bands, but is that there is a world outside the mainstream that you can 
absorb and take in. And there are ideas and thoughts that you won't hear on cable TV. And that blew my mind because this was this was before the Internet. It Like the Internet was there and there was AOL, but it hadn't really blown up. And then it was like, oh, there's like there's so many cool and interesting perspectives. So that it was actually hugely influential. Um, and, you know, I also learned how to make a pizza. I mean, that, that didn't that didn't hurt either. Yeah. You know, those are life skills, life uh, skills, you know, but uh, and, that's, I and mean, now that's there's the- arguably too many perspectives out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's like, oh, no, we went too far. Now, literally anyone can just pop up on the Internet and uh, claim that their cousins, brothers, friends, uncles, uh, testicles have exploded or something. So, yeah. Uh, or that you know. there's a conspiracy that, you know, so-and-so stole an election or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is the, did not see, see that one coming. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> That, I think the most predictable thing ever. <laughs> was, yeah. Well, was, I mean, I mean, like, well, I mean, I guess I just mean back in the days of AOL. Oh, and yeah. Like, I'm in a oh, chat room. Isn't the internet fun? And I'm meeting new people. And here's these bands. And then it just, and then, you know, a little bit of everything all the time, you know. <laughs> so uh, tell me a bit about yourself. I mean, yeah. we know each other, but for, for the listeners at home or yeah. where, wherever. <laughs> sure. Um, let's see. Uh, so, like, the the funny thing is, you know, I'm trying not to go into, like, candidate pitch, which is, you know, so front of mind and, and just give give the real the real stuff. You know, I feel like, Parker, we're friends and you just you deserve the, the, the real deal. Um, who am I? I, I did. I did grow up in Florida uh, and went to the University of Florida. And I was, I was very much when I was in high school. I was the class clown and uh, got in a lot of trouble for it. And um, and I was a I was a fat kid, which there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone should love their body, or if, if they want to change their body, also wonderful. Um, but uh, in any case, I was a fat kid, and that was very affecting and made me very. Uh, you know, depressed as a child. And so I, I, being a class clown was sort of the manifestation of, you know, trying to navigate that. And so when I was, when I was around 17 or 18, you know, I would, like I said, I'd make jokes in class and my friends would um, encourage me and be like, oh, you should do stand up. And for whatever crazy reason, after enough prodding, I was like, okay, this is a good idea. Um, again, question mark. And, uh, but I actually think that when I decided to do that again, I don't remember if it was like 17 or 18. I think that was like a defining moment of my life to step on that stage and, and tell some jokes. Um, just cause it was like, oh, you can, you can face your fears and you can overcome them. And, uh, and then I think everything, <laughs> everything since then has just been like, well, I'm not stepping on stage to do stand up for the first time in my life. So, um, you know, sure, I can run for Congress. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I started doing comedy in high school. And I think, you know, I found this identity. And then I went to the University of Florida and I did improv with this group, Theater Strike Force, um, changed my life. Just like finding, like, because I really found my people. Uh, but I was, I, I remember being sort of my friends would give me shit because I was the person who was always like, 
I care about politics and I care about this thing. And folks were like, I just want to do improv. And I'm like, but we should pay attention to the war in Iraq and all that stuff. And, uh, and so, so I kind of, I feel like I had these dual, dual sides of me as like, Oh, I'm a performer and I love doing that. But also I really care about, you know, what's happening, uh, in Washington or whatever. And, and feeling so, frustrated. I mean, I feel the Iraq war was the defining political event of my life. Just to, I remember in, in, you know, 2003, just seeing us go to war and just feeling like this can't be happening. You know, um, how can we be doing something so terrible and yet, and there's so much, you know, energy behind stopping it and yet we can't stop it. And it still just happened. Um, and that was, you know, I think that that took a toll on me in the sense that, like, we have to be able to do something. So anyway, so I I'm still doing my comedy thing. I go to Los Angeles. I do start doing improv and comedy out there. I I do not hit it big, but I enjoyed, you know, performing on a regular basis. Um, you know, I was in a few commercials. I had a line in a movie uh, and it was really fun. And, and I think anyone who, you know, has the opportunity to get paid to act or paid, paid to do their art form is really gratifying. And I loved it, but still I felt that I wanted to do more and, or wanted to do something with my creativity that wasn't selling Dr. Pepper. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Dr. Pepper. I just feel like that that's a problem we've solved in our society is like how to get people to drink Dr. Pepper. Um, so I fell into you're, the world. You're going to lose, you're going to lose the, the coveted Dr. Pepper drinker, vote which is i know like no, i'm gonna get lobby they're gonna they're gonna come after me the dr pepper folks no i mean dr Pe- i haven't had a dr pepper in a long time they're great i um, had one yesterday oh really and they are great they're great there are two things i drink all day diet coke and diet dr pepper so. i was just gonna ask if you were a regular dr pepper or diet dr pepper diet, um, diet. yeah no i've rocked a number of diet dr peppers in my life Okay, so okay, I realize I'm monologuing a bit, um, and and you're so gracious to to let me do it. Um, but in any case, I, I found this merger of of creativity and politics and activism, and so I've been running with that ever since. Um, and you know, you and I worked together when we were at Upworthy, um, but also I spent time at the Democratic National Committee. I worked with Move On. Um, and so anyway, so then we get to me now, who's like, I am, you know, I'm going to run for office because I think ultimately, again, you know, I've been on the outside, you know, doing my best to make a difference. And this is, this is me being me saying, I want to take a shot of being on the inside and, and represent folks and, and do some good from Washington. All right. And, uh, and your, your announcement video took the form of a jingle. Yes. So yeah. I launched with the jingle. <laughs> I launched with the jingle video. Well, once I had decided to run, um, I knew, you know, being being a former comedian and being a video producer, I had to do something interesting. Um, and so I, I had been thinking about it, and then I watched this show. I was watching the show. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Somebody feed Phil. It's this traveling, and if you haven't seen it, it doesn't matter. But it's this traveling eating show um hosted by the guy who started um everybody loves raymond his name's phil and anyway the the intro to the show is just like a happy hungry man 
And it's just like, it's kind of a vibe. It, it's, you know, like a full housey type vibe. And it just like dawned on me like, oh, that would be fun. That would be a fun way to introduce myself. And so, and then I like, as soon as I thought of that, I was like, well, it should be a full on pair. Let's just go there. Let's just do the pair. Go full, full house. Go full, full house. I actually, and I will say the family, I listen, you know, I listen to all those, the family matters, full house, step-by-step, you name it. I was listening to it and and trying to figure this thing out. Um, But in, in any case, so then I had this idea and I reached out to a mutual friend of ours, Eric March. Who also worked at Upworthy, just a brilliant writer and comedian, and he helped me write the jingle because I am not I'm not a musician. Um, and so yeah, so we worked on it, came up with the you know the music and the lyrics, and then we reached out um, to a producer um, named Allison. She did a great job taking it from a piano piece with lyrics into like the full blown jingle, and then. Uh, and then filmed all these funny bits, you know, around Brandon, where I live, Brandon, Florida. And, and I was so nervous. I mean, you're, this is not how you're supposed to launch a political campaign. You're supposed to launch a campaign with, you know, my father, when I was four years old, took me out to the pond and we went fishing. And I knew when I caught that salmon, that that salmon was America, you know, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do that ad. I mean, like, more power to folks who do, but I just, it wasn't me. And, um, and so, yeah, so I want to do something. So the jingle happened and I think it is. And also like, even if I had done something that's like, I'm Eddie Geller and here's all the very earnest reasons why I'm running, which I, I have a number of earnest reasons why I'm running, but the, it would get like six views. Right. I mean, it's, you know, so it's like finding the balance. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I have, there have been some, uh, there have definitely been some people who've tried the like creative video, hey, let me introduce myself kind of thing. And sometimes they just kind of stick around. I mean, there's one that I was thinking of, uh, oh, there was a candidate that recreated the scene in Top Gun. Yes, I know sing. exactly the video yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, where it was like you, except for there were, it, it was an attack ad against Barbara Comstock, I think, and they yeah. had someone who kind of looked like her sitting there. It was so weird, but for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the candidate, which is probably bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, I, I do not want to, you know, don't want to take shots at any other Democrats, and especially someone who's trying to do something different. Um, so I, I remember who he is, but I, I wish him all the best because he's fighting the good fight. But, um, but yeah, it's hard to do. And that is, you know, that was definitely my fear. You know, once I decided there's so many moments where I was like, oh my God, am I really doing this? And there are demos I listened to of it. And I was like, is this good? You know? Uh, and I, you know, eventually there was a, you know, folks I trusted 
told me, hey, this is fun. This is good. And so, so yeah, so I put it out there. And for, fortunately, folks were, you know, pretty kind about it, you know, and, and enjoyed it. And I, and I appreciated your, you know, sending it out there uh, into your world. And it, the jingle is, is interesting because it presents, and, and I, I also use the jingle as like, I'm going to do more fun stuff. Like that is, I think that is going to be my, you know, campaign is like, we can make this fun and then also talk about the real things, but it's both, a, it's an opportunity and a challenge, right? It's like, I think, you know, being able to do fun things and get attention is really helpful because it's, that's a very hard thing in this world. But then people are like, Hey, are you for real? And I've had those conversations. I've been in local democratic meetings and they're like, we want to meet you because are you just the guy who does the jingle or are you actually going to talk about the desalination plants that are being built in our County? And what are we going to do about that? And, you know, so it's, you got to do both, but, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to jingle. And, you know, maybe there's another one. Putting, down the uh, putting the fun into funding our social <laughs> safety net. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, Back in 20, 2015, you you made a, a video for Clickhole, yes, um, explaining Bitcoin. Um, it's you mumbling for a minute and fifteen seconds, and it is. I love it because I I still don't understand <laughs> crypto stuff at all. But I did want to point out that if if on the day that that video got posted on YouTube, if you in, had invested. Um, <laughs> One, just $100, like just $100, you would have $18,000 now. <laughs> oh, God. So, is... you know, it's just, just, but just also, out there. but also cryptocurrency is now, you know, a huge contributor, contributor to, uh, you know, our climate crisis. So yeah, it's, um, uh, it's <laughs> hopefully I didn't do any damage by doing that click hole video, but, uh, no, that was. That was fun. And there was a good friend of mine, Leo, who worked at the end, Leo Garcia worked at the onion. I was visiting Chicago and he was just like, Hey, do you want to do this video? I had no idea what it was going to be. And, uh, I came to the studio and they just put a teleprompter in front of me with the actual script. And they're like, do your best to mumble this. And so I did a few mumbly takes and, uh, and you know, that, that might've been my peak. I mean, I'm really, I think what I, the work I'm doing now is more important but let's be honest. I mean, the Bitcoin mumble video. I mean, it's, well, it's, I I I just love it. It's it's great. But yeah, oh, I, I, I did want to point out how much how much richer we both would have been if instead of making that video, we invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> but alas, we did not. So here, here you are trying to raise money to run for Congress, and I'm trying to fund a newsletter. So that's our lives. That um, is our lives. So. You're running in Florida's 15th district, right? Correct. Are you at all worried about uh, redistricting? Like, I, Yeah, it's it's absolutely redistricting, – redistricting is absolutely something that is top of mind. But it's a thing that – you know, it's going to go – it's going to either get a little bit harder, get a little bit easier, stay the same. I know that is super obvious to say. But in any case, it's still – I still have to work really hard. And I still have to convince people to vote for me, no matter what the lines are drawn, how the lines are drawn, sort of who you're talking to and, uh, you know, and how you're getting to them changes a bit. Um, and, and, and donors and the media will 
perceive the election differently based on that Cook rating. Um, but that all being said, it's I got to do. I knew this was going to be really hard, regardless. Um, so, you know, I I don't I don't want it to get much harder. I, I think that would that would be silly if I did. But I'm actually really. I'm really excited to because it's currently it's an R plus six district. So it's, you know, advantage uh, favors Republicans, you know, by six points. But I actually I really like talking to Republicans. I mean, I don't um, you know, that's not to say like people who have, you know, extreme conspiracy theories about elections. Like I entertain those. I don't. I think that's terrible for democracy. But I play on a hockey team that is almost all Republicans, a rec hockey league. Um and they know I'm running and we still just, we sit at the bar after games and we drink beer and we shoot the shit and we, we talk a little bit of politics, but I think it is, I think it is good to remember that yes, there is a world out there where things are getting so tense and so heated. Um, but there is a place, at least I hope that there's a place that we can maybe slowly but surely bring it back down. And I think like to be to be someone who runs for office, you have to be an optimist and you have to have hope. And I think that that describes me. And so if I can do a little part and I think doing comedy is kind of part of part of that, because I think to do comedy, you have to be aware of where people's emotions are going to go and where they're at. And I think there's uh, so that's all just to say that I, I like the challenge of being in a place where there are a lot of Republicans, um, because I think there is. There's winning my race, which I'm in it to win it. And there's also how do we just untangle the knot that has been created um, and is, you know, it's really intimidating and really despairing. And you <laughs> you worked in media matters. I mean, you know yeah. this stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. You know, it's a... Uh, just just thinking about it. it one, of the, one of the challenges I, I think that you, you face that obviously I, yeah. I kind of... <laughs> witnessed in um when i was at media matters especially is just the right wing media media machine which is just pumping out a lot of yep. either false info or conspiracy theories or just getting the the right wing base really really riled up which presents a challenge because the the thing is that when you when policies are polled the ones that the Democrats run on way more popular just generally, Absolutely. but you have to overcome the, uh, you, you have to overcome the, the, the ads and the Fox news and the OAN and Newsmax and all of that stuff, which is its own challenge because I've, I've watched as great pieces of legislation have just been shot down because of, uh, because of that, I mean, in in Illinois here, we had um, I think it was was it twenty twenty eighteen or tw one of those twenty eighteen or twenty twenty. There was a there was a um, referendum on the on the ballot that was should we essentially adopt a more progressive tax system? And because right now Illinois has a flat tax for state taxes, which is 5%, which is um, kind of steep if you're not making a lot of money and not anywhere near steep enough if you are making a lot of money. 
So there was a really well-funded opposition to this to this bill, which would have changed our, the entire state's tax structure. And the whole thing was based on this idea that, well, what if you one day become super successful? You know, you may, you may not benefit, you know, you may benefit now, but what about 10 years from now? It's like, that's a great problem to have. <laughs> oh no, I moved up into a higher tax bracket. It's like, that's fine. But it, it failed because it just was blown out of the water with the, with the ads that were everywhere. Yeah. And uh, that I think is kind of a unique challenge. I mean, I don't know. That's, you, you say that to, to run for office, you, you have to be an optimist. And that's one reason that I will never <laughs> in my life run for office. It's my nature to be extremely pessimistic about everything because I would, personally, I would rather be pleasantly surprised than let down. <laughs> like, uh, like when when was it that you left um, Upworthy? Was that before that was the 2016? 2015, I think. 2015. Okay. Yeah. So, so throughout the throughout 2016, uh, Adam Mordecai had had a uh, little room in the Slack channel that was like, "I will reassure you about the state of the election," and we're you go in there and you're this just makes me sad. Yeah, you, you, you go you go in there and you would be like, I don't know, man. I saw this story, the polling or the polling dropped. And, and he would go, well, here's why you don't need to worry because it's all going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And so everyone kind of like went into election day 2016 feeling optimistic. Not me. I was like, I'm 90% sure Trump's going to win this thing. And, <laughs> you know, when, when it happened, I was devastated, but not because I was surprised. But because it, it was Trump, yeah. <laughs> he he was uh, he was not the person I voted for. Let's put it that way. Um, well, I want to go. I want to. That is so sad to hear. Um, oh, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it I want to go back really to something bad. you're talking about. I think one thing I think a lot about is I feel like Republicans are better storytellers than we are, and I don't think we give them enough credit for that because. I think you can be a millionaire someday is a version of a story. And it, and I think they understand their audience really well of like, what is going to connect with your, uh, you know, your, uh, which is the, the amygdala. Is that the lizard brain? I don't know. Um, let's, we don't need to Google it, but in any case, I think they understand that storytelling really well and they bang that drum. And I think, you know, I am persuaded by be a better person, get in for your community. We're all in this together. We got to make a sacrifice for the fight like that. That resonates to me. But there's a lot of people that doesn't it does just like doesn't resonate with them. And I think we need to be more creative to find different ways to tell these stories about how we make a better America that like have a more have a broader appeal and like understand that like. Not everyone's persuaded by, you know, let's all pitch in together, which is a really important message. Like we do actually all need to pitch in together, but that can't be the only way we're talking about, um, you know, taxing the rich or climate change or healthcare. There's, we, we can just be more creative. And I mean, that is like certainly what I'm hoping to do. And again, in my small corner of Florida 15 is, is, is thinking about messaging in that way and, and trying to get through to people in a way that, you know, is, is different than has previously been done. So one of the, one of the last things I wanted to ask about was, was 
policies? What 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 issues uh, are you passionate about? What issues do you think your district is passionate about? Well, I mean, I I like many folks. I mean, it's not just necessarily our age group, but definitely folks in our age group uh, are just so distraught about is climate change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have passed the point of, of getting out of this thing without doing any damage. And now it's like, we, we shall have so much to do to mitigate and to avoid the worst of the worst. So that is, that is absolutely top of mind for me. Another one is, you know, finding a way to get to universal healthcare. My mom, I remember my mom was a doctor and I remember when I was young and we talked about this issue, I was like maybe like 15 or 16 and she, you know, there were other problems, you know, about, I, I think like, uh, reimbursements rates or something. I was talking to her about some specific thing and she's like, the, the way to fix this is just to get everyone covered. Like we just need a system that covers everyone. And so I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, dictatorial about what that needs to look like. Um, I, I think there's a number of ways of getting there, but we have to, we have to do, we have to do something about it. Like whether it is Medicare expansion, whether it is a public option, I think, um, you know, there like Medicare for all is, is great, but we also have to be like, if it's Medicare for all or nothing, then we might be waiting a long fucking time, uh, to get everyone covered. Um, so yeah, so those are two and, and I'm, I'm a member of a union. And so like, good jobs is something I I do think about and like seeing like stories about like the gig economy. And just, I keep thinking about like the DoorDash story about like taking tips out of, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it's like a way of screwing the workers Mm -hmm. out of their tips. And like we, the bar just continues to lower in our economy of what a job looks like and what it should look like. And so, you know, I, I, I want to be able to, you know, help push that back in the other direction. Yeah. I mean, that that makes total sense. And the gig, gig economy creates all sorts of issues when it comes to who's an employee, who's, you know, whatnot. Uh, speaking yeah. of DoorDash, I was thinking about the, um, when New York flooded recently, and there was, there was an image of someone trying to ride their bicycle through like, two and a half feet of yes, sewage I water with it with the DoorDash thing and and afterwards you know, someone reported out a story on that and it was like afterwards they were like this was the worst night of my life and I made a hundred dollars or something like that something ridiculous and it's just I don't know there, there's always been this idea that uh, the higher paying a job the the more work you're doing with but I found the the exact opposite to be true I mean, the, the hardest jobs I've ever had have been like minimum wage jobs. <laughs> the easiest jobs I've had are the ones that pay better. Right. And that's, it's just kind of, I feel like it hasn't, a lot of people like to feel like they're earning their, their living, which is great and fine, but they look down upon people who do DoorDash and people who have you know work at mcdonald's or whatever and that's just it's just wrong what we should do is i in my opinion is to make sure that we're taking care of 
everyone, no matter what their job is, make sure they have safe conditions. And here I am talking like a candidate. Whoops. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, and it was, we now have just watch. This... I'm going to move down to Florida 15 <laughs> take you on. <laughs> um, we had this moment during the pandemic in which, I mean, we are obviously still in, but at the beginning of the pandemic where we we're like, oh my God, essential workers, thank goodness for these folks who are out there, you know, whether it's delivering groceries or, or wherever, and just realize like, oh, these folks are so important. And then we just kind of forgot it. And then we're like, oh, we're going to take away your hazard pay and all the these extra protections and, and bonuses we gave you, we're, we're going to like start to roll them back. And it's just, it's, it's so, it's so maddening, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely is. You know, just, just the same thing where, where we had all those commercials for a while that were, you know, in these unprecedented times, blah, blah, basically like this, this, we're all in it together kind of messaging, but then that sort of faded by last summer or yeah, summer 2020. And then after that, it was just sort of like, screw you by Alexis, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> It just I sort actually, of, I tested yeah. that messaging and it just, it, it failed. So, but I was thinking about screw you, get a Screw get you vote Geller. Yeah, <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> and on that note, on thank the, you, Eddie Geller. Note, oh my gosh. Thank you for having me, Parker. This was a delight. <laughs> That's today's show. Thanks to Eddie Geller for stopping by. As always, you can find a full transcript of today's episode at readthepresentage.com.